With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. Oh, on est très conscient que ça va être très difficile de faire des séries. It's not happening right now, and, you know, I don't have the answer. It's getting frustrating saying the same thing over and over again after a loss. You know, there's there's not much else to say. We just got to, as players, I mean, you look around this locker room, the answer's in here. We just got to go out and and execute for a full 60 minutes, have no mental errors, and, you know, try and turn this thing around. I still have faith. Um, you know, we've got a good group of guys in here, and, um, you know, we're, we're going to keep fighting no matter what, no matter, uh, you know, what, what, what the standings are. So it's uh, just got to keep on going. It's tough to even get up here and talk. It's, like you said, I'm running out of things to say. It's, uh, same thing after every game I'm saying. I don't, I don't know. It's a complete letdown. We're in a tough position, uh, but one thing, we're going to fight. We're going to fight to the end. We're going to fight tomorrow. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Welcome to episode 166 of the Habs 360 podcast. Your future on My name is Chris G, at ChrisG1980 on Twitter. For those of you who are listening to our live broadcast, thank you for tuning in. 
uh, a bit earlier prior to this afternoon's game against the Edmonton Oilers. And well, the Canadians played two games, and well, all they keep doing since our last episode, well, actually it seems since the month of December, all they keep doing is losing. So the Canadians have lost their last two games since last episode, both by a score of 4-2 to two against the Philadelphia Flyers and against the Buffalo Sabres. What does that mean? Well, you heard Jim Mora, as you said a couple of seconds ago, playoffs, forget about the playoffs. It looks like the Canadians are just struggling to win a game. They have a record of 24-24-4 after 52 games played with 52 points as well. That places them fifth in the Atlantic Division, six points behind the Detroit Red Wings, and the Ottawa Senators also have 52 points uh, tied with the Habs. Wild cards, not even sure if it's still worth looking at it. The Canadians are six points behind the New Jersey Devils. They do have the same amount of games played. But on top of that, there are three other teams between the Canadians and the Devils, the Flyers, the Hurricanes, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. So it's really not looking good for the Canadians right now. In fact, sportsclubstats.com has the Canadians have, has a 12% chance of making the playoffs. So that's no good. That's pretty bad. Even Michel Turner, you heard him say it. They know it's going to be tough to make the playoffs. And in terms of chances of winning the Cup, well, according to sportsclubstats.com, they still have a chance. It's 0.1% chance of winning it. So I guess for the uh, eternal optimist, there's still hope for number 25 uh, this year. Half 360, most informative and interactive podcast you'll find. Uh, there's a couple of questions uh, that were circulating in uh, social media uh, prior to today's episode and during today's episode. Well, Mark Bergevin, he's in St. John's for the weekend. And we want to know, let's have some fun. The Canadians aren't doing well, but let's try to keep this positive. Let's have some fun. So our first question is, what is Mark Bergevin doing in St. John's? And we're asking you, get creative. Let's see what he could be doing out there. And then our second question is, would you be okay if the Canadians finished at the bottom of the standings? A lot of fans are asking to uh, tank. And well, are you okay with that? And there's also a Habs 360 poll question asking uh, how many points do you think the Habs will get this weekend out of a possibility of four? The options are zero or one, two, three, and four. So I'll give you the results of that. Uh, before the end of today's episode. So you can reach us via Twitter at Habs360, and you can reach us toll-free at one 455 4945 anywhere across North America. The phone lines are open for the entire episode. My co-host, editor-in-chief, and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites, you can follow him on social media, every single social media sites, by searching All Habs. Rick, how are you doing? Doing great, Chris. How are you? Happy, um, well, happy Super Bowl weekend, but also happy Hockey Day in Canada. Yeah, that's true. Happy Hockey Day to everybody listening to us here on Habs 360. Is it a happy time for the Montreal Canadiens? Here are some stats. In the last 26 games, Canadiens are 5-20-1, and, and that's their worst stretch since 1939-1940. 
with her loss against the Buffalo Sabres earlier in the week. Canadians lost their fifth straight loss, fifth straight game, sorry, I should say, at home. And that's only the fifth time that's happened in the Montreal Canadiens history. If you look at the ice caps, they're on the back stretch right now. So, Rick, it's a happy hockey day in Canada, but right now it's not a very happy moment to be a Montreal Canadiens fan. No, it isn't. And Well, in fact, it's it's not a happy day in Canada, given that uh, um, none of the uh, Canadian teams would qualify for the playoffs if uh, if the playoffs started tomorrow. But more specifically, the Canadians are just in a, a, a dreadful funk. And um, as you said, 5-20-1 uh, since uh, in their last 26 games, uh, there was some hope, I think there was some hope, that uh, over the break that the players would recharge and focus, that coaching staff over the six days would sit down and come up with uh, a strategy to help turn this around. And uh, then two very disappointing losses um, against the, uh, the Flyers and, uh, and the Sabres, two teams that are, are near the bottom of the standings. This was the stretch. There's seven games where the Canadians were playing all the bottom feeders, and this was where they were supposed to be able to turn their season around. Um, and all they have to show for it so far is that one um, shootout victory against the Leafs and uh, and then have run piled up the losses um, with the, the Hurricanes tomorrow and the Oilers uh, later this afternoon. And speaking about that, I was even having a conversation with some Leaf fans uh, earlier this week, and I was telling them, like, aren't you ashamed that the Canadians beat the Leafs? Like, I think that's how bad it's been. I think they should be ashamed that they lost to the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, and going back, it was right before that game against the Toronto Maple Leafs where Mark Bergevin gave his vote of confidence to the team, to the players, to the coaching staff, etc. So I'm sure that was calculated. I'm sure he had seen that seven-game stretch that was coming up, and he, like probably most of Montreal Canadiens fans, thought the team would do better than that one win that they have so far to show. Yeah, absolutely. And and it seems that, um, you know, we've seen uh, throughout January, we saw where teams would play their, their second string or even their third string goal, goaltender against the Montreal Canadiens. Um, uh, with um, with Buffalo um, uh, the other night, um, the Canadians had a lead going into the the third period, which they've been very good at protecting um, or extending even early, much earlier in the year. Um, but you, there was a, an interesting quote from Marcus Foligno of the Sabers, um, the Sabers forward. Um, you know, the, the Sabres have been at the bottom of the league. They know what it is. They know what it's like to lose a lot. And he said um, that, that the Canadians are a fragile team and all they had to do was just keep pressing, keep, keep, keep pushing, be patient, and that the Canadians would find a way to lose. Now, many uh, Habs fans were upset. Oh, my God, you know, put that up on the bulletin board. That's a terrible thing to say. But it actually uh, reveals the kind of strategy, in this case, Dan Bilesma, what he's preaching to his team, either in the second period intermission or on the bench in the third period. Don't worry, guys. Just keep pressuring them, and they're going to find a way to lose. Um, 
And that's what 29 coaches in the league are going to be preaching from now on. The Canadians are, are fragile and, um, you know, they're, they're, uh, they can't find a solution. They don't trust the system. Um, and they're going to find ways to lose. Um, and that's, that's devastating for for a team when you come in with that disadvantage uh, and that the the opposition knows how fragile your confidence is. Uh, we heard it at the top of the podcast following the game against the Buffalo Sabres in French. Michel Terrence saying that they are aware that will be hard uh, to make it to the playoffs. Yesterday, he was asked to uh, clarify his statement. We're in a tough position. First of all, when you start the season, you know it's going to be really demanding to make the playoff. It's, 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 it's a great accomplishment for every team that, that make the playoff. And every piece of the puzzle has got to be there. And um, in the position that we are, we understand that it, it, it is going to be really tough. Um, but I see more as a challenge. It's like when you're in the playoff, you're down one to three. You understand that's going to be tough to win that series. Are you going to quit? No. You're going to give it all. And we've seen in the past that teams been down and, and win playoff series, and it's the same thing. You know, it is going to be demanding. Of course it's going to be demanding. And we're going to give all we got, that's for sure. And I know those guys, they want to win, and we're all in the same boat, and, and we want to win. And, uh, but the only thing that we have to focus on is their next game. So, Rick, we heard uh, for sure the communications department knew that would be a follow-up question uh, for that statement. So, Terry sounded uh, a little more positive than he did following the game against the Sabres, or even the body language wasn't positive, and top of the podcast we also heard uh, Brendan Gallagher following the game against the Sabres we heard uh, Max Pacioretty as well and they didn't sound positive like if you listen to uh, Gallagher if you listen to Pacioretty I don't think they believe that they still have a playoff chance no I, I don't think they do either and in fact they you know both of them said um, basically that we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. We don't have any answers. Um, we, we don't know, you know, how's this, we, we don't see a path here. And, and I think that, that Tarion was far more honest after the, the Sabres game when he said, you know, um, or it's going to be really, really tough to make the playoffs. And as you said, I think communications folks came in and said, um, we still have to sell tickets. Um, you know, we need to give, fans some hope and we've seen the last uh, couple of home games um there's been a lot of no-shows last last game um reports from the street were that that scalpers were having to do two-for-one deals on the tickets um that's that's unheard of uh in montreal and so um no i don't think the canadians are are making the playoffs um as you said, it's it's not only the points that they have to make up, but it's all the teams in between them. Um, and, you know, Philadelphia is only two points ahead, but they have three games in hand. Uh, the Penguins are, are, are five points ahead, but they have two games in hand. Um, it's, 
you know, and and this is this is the Canadians coming off a one eight and one stretch for the last ten. They're showing absolutely no signs whatsoever that they're going to make the playoffs. And in fact, it looks like, you know they could drop another um, place or two standings. And speaking about those empty seats that we did see uh, recently at at the Bell Center, Bergevin did give his vote of confidence to the coach. But do you think when the owner, Jeff Molson, when he sees these empty seats, uh, you think that might influence him and maybe tell his GM, listen, you have to do something, get rid of this guy or do something major? Do you think he'll put pressure or will he give, will he leave 100% of his trust to uh, to Bergevin? Well, some people have said um, Molson doesn't have to act because those seats are paid for, and, and, and they are. It's just no-shows. But it's not so much much the money that um, is concerning to, to Molson. The, the playoff money is, is concerning. That's big money. Uh, but it's not the, the money for the, you know, the, the lost concessions or whatever. It's just the image. It's just the image of the Canadians in Montreal because that, you know, um, the, the, the fact that they're losers, that, that people aren't showing up, that that tarnishes the brand and that affects that affects uh, the Canadians. It affects beer sales. It affects all kinds of things. And we've seen that that Molson has been a very uh, hands-on type coach in the or, or um, uh, owner in the past, uh, where he's insisted on on certain things. The Louis LeBlanc draft is is the best example. But I I think I think he's got to uh, say something where you know. We need a trade. We need the coach fired. We need something to happen to give fans hope to to turn around this image that that this is the worst um, one of the you know worst in franchise history, and our management is sitting on our hands. I don't think I don't think Molson likes that um, that message out there. And the Canadians, uh, I think it's practically impossible for them to make the playoffs uh, this season. I think they need like an Andrew Hammond type of performance and goal from now to the end of the season to be able to uh, squeak in. And even that, because of the teams in between, I think it'll still be, uh, it'll still be tough. And that no disrespect to uh, Mike Condon, who has a 905 save percentage, and Ben Scrivens, who will be this afternoon's goaltender, who has an 873 save percentage with uh, the Canadians so far. Uh Earlier this week, Carey Price, there was some news prior to one of the games against, uh, it was a game before the Sabres, there was footage of him in uh, Brossard practicing and he didn't look 100% comfortable. He broke his stick, he was upset, Uh, I'm guessing because probably the recovery isn't going as quickly as he expected, the timelines keep getting delayed uh, when it comes to his return, we still don't know when Carey Price will be back. In fact, we don't even know what Carey Price's uh, injury is. And Rick, at this point, should the Canadians uh, even bring back Carey Price, or are you expecting them, whether it be the next coming week, next couple of days, that they come they come out and they shut down Carey Price for the rest of the season? Well, there was an interesting point. Um on the broadcast uh, yeah, during the, the Sabres game. Uh, and and I, I apologize, I forget who made it, but uh, they said rarely, very rarely, is there an injury that keeps a player out for this long, three months, um, 
without it requiring surgery. Um, very rare does that happen. And, and you know, I don't know if Carrie Price and you don't know if Carrie Price needs surgery. And, and, and you know, um, I don't think anybody knows. It, it's not even clear what that injury is. And the Canadians are at fault for that. But whatever it takes, whatever it takes, um, there's no reason whatsoever to rush him back. If it's just to save face for um, for Mark Bergevin and Michelle Therrien, you're going to be doing the player and the, the, the franchise a real disservice, whatever it takes. If it's surgery, send him off to get the surgery now. If he needs um, rehab um, more than he's getting now, you know, even get him out of Montreal. Uh, this this scrutiny where every time he steps on the ice, it's it's videotaped, and and you're right, he was in obvious pain uh, and and frustrated uh, about that. There was the the video yesterday of of him actually t- taking the crease, not with equipment, but actually going through a, a couple of very basic kind of goalie drills, um, standing up, not dropping down at all. Um, but still, um, this this element of your team, this asset is way too important. That's been proven um, to to mess around at all. So whatever it takes, don't rush him back. Get him back to 100%, whether it's surgery, whatever it is. Um, but I fear, I really fear that um, in order to protect um, the 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 management that that a mistake is going to be made and unforgivable. And honestly, right now, I'd be disappointed if uh, if a Carey Price requires surgery because if he did, he should have been sent by now. Because you know, surgery uh, it takes time for him to recover, etc. At this point, if he needs it, send him off, give him plenty of time to recover. And might I might be looking a little bit in the future. But if uh, Carey Price gets shut down for the season, after does he play in the World Cup? Who knows? If he if his next game is in a Team Canada uniform uh, for the World Cup, how will the Canadian fans <laughs> react? Maybe there'll be some kind of uh, controversy that uh, if that actually does happen. All right, so we're going to take our first break. Coming up on the other side, we'll be looking at our winners and our losers of the week. You can join in the conversation at Habs360 via Twitter or via telephone at one 455 Stay with us. This is the Habs360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from Martocanvas.com are pleased to announce the Habs contest will run during every Habs game in the playoffs and will give you an opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of Art2Canvas.com. Follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details and for high-quality canvas start at a reasonable price. Visit Art2Canvas.com. Good luck. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. 
Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Hans360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back. I'm Chris G. along with uh, Rick Stevens from uh, allhabs.net. Uh, we're just going to read a couple of uh, tweets. First one comes from uh, Joseph in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. He writes, they realize this is a, a nondescript tank job. Price is out. Let's take advantage of it and get a top prospect. So definitely a fan of uh, tanking. Uh, next one comes from uh, Brian Turner. Brian is from uh, Parts Unknown. He writes, go Habs, lose, lose, do it right. We want number one pick overall. If we can't win a cup, at least bring in a number one pick. So thank you for the tweet. And the last one for the moment from St. John's. So we asked, uh, what do you think Mark Bergevin is doing in St. John's over the weekend? And uh, we did specify, get creative. So Tony, who is in St. John's, says he's hiding from fans in Montreal. So thank you very much for the tweet. Uh, Tony, there's still uh, a, a bunch of them and uh, we'll read them uh, as we go on in uh, today's episode. You can also join the conversation via telephone one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five is the way to reach us. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Hams 360. All right, Rick. Uh, we we asked that question to have some fun because well watching the Canadians isn't so let's keep it positive. Uh, let's start with uh, the winners of the last week. Winners are tough, and um, you know it's tough when when the Canadians cancel the uh, Molson Cup Player of the Month uh, for January. Um, th- th- just a couple of t- to start, just a couple to throw out there uh, without getting too too deep into it. Um, Austin Matthews training in Montreal. Um, and that, that feeds into what, what you just said um, from the, um, from the person that tweeted in about tanking for, um, for the, the number one draft choice. Uh, Angela and Carrie Price, uh, they've, they've been meeting, they're meeting with um, their, a couple of kids from their breakfast club, uh, which is a, a tremendous charity. Um, congratulations to John Scott and his wife. Um, twin girls were born, Estelle and Sophia. John Scott now has uh, four girls, uh, well, and and uh, and his wife and the family. 
Um, and John Scott, of course, being the MVP for the um, All-Star Game. Uh, we'll go back to uh, the All-Star Game for uh, one of our nominees, and that is P.K. Subban. Um, you, you know, some have complained he's not having such a great season. Well, um, uh, he is no doubt whether he's having a good season or not. He is a tremendous entertainer, and his uh, performance um, in the skills competition was was remarkable. Um, and... Um, you know, dressing as Yarmar Yager, and and um, that was that was that was great. And and personally, personally, I think the best goal that was scored that day was Brent Burns. Well, uh, Little Burns uh, got the goal. Um, that whole thing set up with Joe Pavelski and his son, the four of them. Um, that was beautiful. But um, because of the fan base, because of the Montreal fan base, and because we need something to cheer about, um, the uh, the fans voted for Subban as the um, uh, as the person who won that um, that challenge, and uh, deservedly so, I thought. Yeah, and if we even if we go back to what you mentioned for uh, for John Scott and his influence in the All Star Game, I know we'll get back to the All Star Game in a couple of uh, moments. But just some stats that were provided by Influence Communication in terms of uh, John Scott and the coverage he received uh, during the All-Star Game. In the 28% of uh, the coverage related to uh, John Scott, the Montreal Canadiens were attached to that communication as well. So that's good news for uh, the Montreal Canadiens brand. Uh, In terms of uh, traditional media, 16% 16% of the coverage of the All-Star Game coverage was uh, related to uh, John Scott. And in terms of uh, social media, 62% of the coverage was related to uh, to John Scott. So it was definitely uh, lots of attention for uh, <laughs> the Canadians' uh, newest acquisition. Absolutely. Um, the... Um Kind of an odd choice. We're going to add Theron Fleury to um, our list. And um, Theron Fleury, I mean, um, we know his his career in the NHL. Um, but he, and, and, and now, uh, you know, as kind of a motivational speaker and whatnot, um, there's a lot of, of good feelings out there for Theron Fleury. He reached out um to me uh, on Twitter um, during the uh, the Sabres game and said, okay, uh, fire your coach. And uh, just like um, Pittsburgh did years back, and you'll win the cup this year. And I, I shared that. And um, uh, then Theron Fleury was quite willing to interact with, with Habs fans, which I thought was great. I, I, it was really great. And, um, you know, the, I, I said, does this make you a candidate for uh, if there was a coaching position? And somebody asked him about his ability in French, said uh, no, but he'd be willing to learn fast. And that um, his dad speaks French, could be his assistant coach. Um, he, he said, um, he, he commented that PK wasn't, in his opinion, having a very good season. 
Um, and he said the, the thing that disappointed him most was that, that uh, the Habs players he knows, he knows aren't having any fun and hockey is supposed to be about having fun. Now, you know, do I want Theron Fleury as, as the next coach of the Montreal Canadiens? Of course not. But it was just, it was just, well, in, in all of this negativity for him to reach out and interact with, with us, uh, our all Habs community on Twitter, I thought it was great. And, and, um, and and really positive, and so we're we're going to toss Theron Fleury a, a nomination uh, for winner of the week. Yeah, and props. I I checked out his timeline, and he's very interactive with uh, with false fans, and and you know not always the positive comments that he that he gets, but he's very interactive, and I think that's good and very appreciated by everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but our big winner of the week is. Um, Friend of the broadcast, Wilder Weir, um, and um, uh, he he would have joined us uh, uh, th- today, other uh, other than having a previous commitment. Uh, we'll get him on. Um, um, Chris, you met him uh, at the beginning of the season, and and um, and we'll get him on later in the the season. But during the Buffalo game, uh, if you're watching the broadcast, you notice that just beyond the glass. Um, of the Buffalo Sabres bench, there was two guys dressed in Sabres gear. They had the helmets, they had the, the sweaters, they had uh, Gatorade towels slung over their shoulders. Um, they had a couple of beers, which, which <laughs> kind of broke the. But but it looked like the, the way the the camera angle was, it looked like they were sitting on the bench. Well, one of those guys was our buddy Wilder Weir. Uh, it was a brilliant idea. Uh, but but it was also great execution um, and 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 for giving us a laugh uh, when there's not much to smile about, we're making Wilder Weir um, the winner of the week. Yeah, and he did, and his plan worked. He got lots of uh, coverage on social media, on traditional broadcasts uh, as well. Sportsnet uh, did present him on uh, the broadcast as well. So great job, and uh, their goal was to distract the players. And I'm sure it's distracting uh, for the players. I'm sure uh, by time to time they'd be looking there and had a chuckle, or they're talking about it in during intermissions. So now it's losers of the week, and <laughs> we had lots to pick, well, lots to choose from. Um, and there's again intense lobbying um, from somebody in this room who didn't want certain people on the list again, but we <laughs> prevailed. Um, we're going to give an honorable mention. And I know it, there's a, there's a policy not to put Greeks on the, the loser of the, the week. So he's only an honorable mention. He's not an official nominee, but what in the world is Peter Yiannopoulos doing? Um, he's an NBA a- analyst and he was, he was, you know, spreading the rumor that, the Canadians had met with uh, Guy Carboneau and suggesting that, that it wasn't unusual that, um, you know, they were seeking out advice from him. Um, and it started all kinds of coaching rumors. Either he was coming back to coach the power play, or he was going to be the interim coach, or he was going to be the coach in St. John's. Anyway, all that was squashed in that he was just at a, an event, uh, an Eventco uh, marketing uh, meeting with about a hundred other people and the Canadians management um, so we're just, we're going to give him a, a, an honorable mention there. And and 
just to add on that, uh, we did monitor his uh, his Twitter account, and ever since he tweeted that, he did gain about 100 followers. So if that's what his, one of his intentions was, well, it did work. And how squashed uh, was it? If you look at just some of the, uh, the Twitter responses that we received to our question about uh, what is Mark Bergevin doing in St. John this weekend, one of them comes from uh, Azar in Montreal who writes, Fire Lefebvre and Hargi Carbono. So there you go. So there's one Carbono mention over there. And uh, and I think there was another one. Okay, maybe there wasn't, but it came into people's mind. And why would the Canadians do that? Like, they already went back to uh, Michel Therrien. They brought him back. Would they go back and bring another coach, Guy Carbono? Somebody who's been out of the league for uh, for several years, working on RDS and on Tichamb. Would they go back to the same recipe if they were looking for a new coach? I hope not. Yeah, and let's be honest. I I love Guy Carbono as a player. I I love everything about uh, the way his play for the Canadians. But he was a terrible coach, really poor communicator, bad structure, bad system. I, I when I go to practices and watch uh, Broussard, the most disorganized, aimless practice. I've ever seen uh, by any NHL coach. Um, Jacques Martin was a step up. Remember that. Jacques Martin brought in assistant. Jacques Martin was a step up to Guy Carbono. So, um, no, we're not going back. Anyway, um, we talked about uh, the NHL All-Star game and uh, the amount of attention that was focused on John Scott. Um you know, for the NHL, Gary Bettman, the NHL, to do everything to discourage John Scott to be there, and some of the despicable things that were said in order to try and do that, and even if the the whole Canadians trade was was uh, to ensure that he wasn't at the All Star game, for the, then the NHL and Gary Bettman to try and capitalize on the popularity of John Scott, I. I was I thought was thoroughly disgusting um, because they, you know, and and the Canadians uh, to some extent, but but the NHL in particular, how they they jumped on and oh yes, how wonderful this was, uh, and and then tried to benefit off of that John Scott popularity. I I thought the whole thing was was really shady. I agree. I think it was over over exaggerated. I understand that they wanted to maybe something a little bit more. But going all the way to naming him first star of the week and making the whole thing about John Scott, I think to me was uh, too much. Yeah, the Canadians, and let's also add the St. John's Caps in there too, the, who changed their Twitter name um, to the St. John Scott Ice Caps, and it, it just got it just got silly, and and you know there's there's a lack of when you're trying so hard to. Um, I don't know to appease people, uh, and it it was just it, it it wasn't very. If it wasn't, it was disturbing to watch. Um, despite your pro- protestations, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to add um, Michelle Terrian to our loser list. And I said last week, um, you know, give me a reason not to put you on the list. Um, I honestly, I really expected an NHL coach to have taken the six days um, of the break and strategize. I, I, 
I, I don't think he deserved to go off wherever he went um, and and have a a, a warm vacation. Um, they needed to 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 come up with something, and after six days, to come back against the Flyers with a first line of David Dearnay centering Max Pacioretty and Dale Weiss was ridiculous. We know it doesn't work. We know we we know it's a failure. We know that that it's a failure on the power play. Um, I mean, all of that is is just it it, it because Terry now has you know full immunity and is able to do what he wants. It it really disturbed a lot of fans, and particularly. You know some of his other decisions, playing the, the the fourth line in the last five minutes of the game when they were trying to trying to claw back and and, uh, and tie it up, uh, and then Terrian's attitude afterwards, where he where he really stared down Mitch Gallo and said, "Oh, you're just second guessing," and um, asked about the the egg line coming back, said, uh, "Not now." And and you know if one of the reasons of having uh, a francophone coach is his communication. Um, Terrian's failing miserably at that right now. That's second guessing. It's exactly what you're doing, Rekta. You're second guessing uh, <laughs> yeah, coach yeah, I know. for that. And for the fact that he went on vacation, I'm just thinking now at this point, whether it be Terrian, Bergevin, all these guys, have they thrown in the towel and like, like maybe there's no point of trying to save uh, this season and maybe they know something about uh, Carey Price that uh, that we don't know and maybe the towel is thrown so like let's just take some time off. Okay, and and that's fine, but then but then come up with a different strategy, you know, then start bringing up some some um, some players from from the Ice Caps, put Galchenyuk at center and and prepare for next year. But we're not seeing that either. Um, anyway, so Terrian remains a nominee this week. Um, Nathan Beaulieu, um, what's happened to our our dear friend Nathan Beaulieu? Um, you know, I, I wasn't in that in that group. Um, I think you might have been where you thought he was deserved of being uh, the first pairing. Um, but I was fine with him on the second pairing. Um, but now. He was dropped to the third pairing, and today he's going to be a healthy scratch uh, against the Oilers. Um, he was he was on that extra pairing in with uh, Greg Patteron in practice. Obviously frustrated, busted his stick on the post. The blade almost uh, hit Condon. Um, he's going through a bad stretch, and I don't know if he's not taking it well or he's not receiving the support from the coaching staff or what it is, but um, it it's not it's not turning out the way it was supposed to for, for good old Nathan. And he did have a wide open net in the game against the Philadelphia Flyers that, uh, that he shot right on Steve Mason that could have changed the, the game itself. And and you're right. I was one of those people that, well, I think that maybe not at the start of the season, he deserved to be in a top pairing, but I thought by the end of this season, I think he would have, he should have, I was expecting to develop to be a, a top two defenseman and well, evidently he hasn't, he's not, he's not there yet. Yeah. And, and there's real potential there. There's, there's, uh, you know, 
And I, I think that's what's frustrating for most Canadians fans is that Trevor Timmons does a tremendous job and his scouting staff of identifying uh, quality players. And then the between the, the, the coaching that they're getting in St. John's and once they get to Montreal is really um, uh, ruining the, the prospects. Our big winner, our big loser of the week is um, NHL.com. Um, they had a big uh, rollout, I guess, a launch of their their new TV service. They've they've rebranded from Game Center to NHL TV and a completely revamped NHL.com. The website it's being um, taken over, as odd as this seems, by Major League Baseball um, and run. And NHL.com is horrendous. The new design is horrendous. Um, all of the game event summaries uh, are gone. Um, I mean, even something as simple as when you look at the standings, you have to count because they don't bother to number um, the, the teams. This, this Maybe this was done with some fan input. It was not done with any realization that people actually use this site like us to to work um and 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 analyze and explain some of the the statistics it's it's you know it's it's cleaner it looks nice uh, but it just the functionality is just horrible um and even even the the nhl tv now they promised that there would be no lag uh and there's still uh at least a 35 40 second lag um, which, you know, uh, for for fans who um, are on social media while they're watching the game, uh, to see on 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 um, Twitter that that a team scores and then 40 seconds later you see it on your screen, it just it's it spoils the the whole experience. And um, yeah, I, I don't think I don't I didn't see anyone who has liked the changes. And like you said, even if you, if you listen to the start of today's episode, when I was trying to tell you guys uh, what position the Habs were, I struggled because, like you said, they weren't get numbered, so I had to improvise and count them uh, at the same time. And same thing for me, game summary, event summary. During the game, I had lots of trouble finding it. I was able to find it uh, once the game was over. So I think that's definitely a um, a good selection for this week's loser of uh, the week we're going to take a, a quick uh, break on the other side we'll be reading your uh, tweets and well rick he went to the ahl all-star game so he'll tell you what he thought about that and give us a quick update on uh, the ice caption general stay with us this is the habs 360 podcast featuring all habs.net in every city around the world sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, Visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? 
Subscribe to Hubs360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Frameworth is the exclusive supplier and distributor of autograph products for some of the best hockey players in the world, including Carey Price, Sidney Crosby, Jonathan Taves, John Tavares, and Alex Galchenyuk. Thanks to Frameworth, Habs360 listeners can receive free shipping on any order. Shop online at frameworth.com and type in Habs360 at checkout. Frameworth is an official licensee of the NHL, NHLPA, Hockey Canada, CFL, and the Hockey Hall of Fame. For more information, visit frameworth.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net. This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by IceCapsHockeyReport.com, your premier source for the St. John's Ice Caps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. IceCapsHockeyReport.com is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. All right, uh, Chris G. here along with uh, Rick Stevens. Time for our Ice Caps Report. So there was lots of attention last weekend with the NHL All-Star Game but on the Monday, so one day after following the All-Star Game, was the uh, AHL All-Star Weekend as well. And the Ice Cap Support team and the Rocket Sports Media team, including Rick, uh, were at the event covering it for uh, IceCapsHockeyReport.com. So, Rick, you were there for the All-Star Skills competition. You were there for the uh, All-Star Game itself. You saw as well what the NHL did that same weekend with uh, their All-Star game and a new format. Uh, tell us about the AHL format of their All-Star game. Yeah, um, the, the skills competition, um, we're in Syracuse, and the, the skills competition was on Sunday, and the, the game itself was on um, Monday. Uh, skills competition, very similar to the NHL. They had a couple of different uh, events. Um, I, th- I thought it was very well done. It moved along very well, very quickly. Uh, a really neat feature was that they had uh, um, minor league uh, junior all-stars, they called them, um, players from minor league hockey in the area uh, uh, between the ages of 13 and 15. I think there were four of them all together that got to participate and do all the skills uh, competitions and in the the targets uh there was one one 13 year old that got all four targets and the place went um it was a really nice little wrinkle that they added uh as far as the game went um it was my goodness it was complicated uh the 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 two east and western conferences were split into uh their respective divisions um 
the Ice Caps um, representatives were in the North Division, um, and they played uh, a series of games that um, were nine-minute games. The first four and a half minutes was four-on-four. The last four and a half minutes was three-on-three. And everybody played everybody else. Um, And then they came down to a a championship championship based on, on the records. It was complicated. It was convoluted. There was um, multiple changes of of jerseys, uh, so that you could have the you know uh, kind of a white and a dark uh, jersey in each game. It was uh, talking to fans afterwards. They were confused. They were bored. It was it wasn't great. Um, but the like I say, the skills was great. As far as the the Canadians representatives. Um, Mike McCarron, Morgan Ellis, uh, they played they played very well um, in the skills competition. They had a thing called the rapid fire event, which is just like the 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 targets, except you have a goalie. And uh, I believe it was Michael Layton who was in goal when Mike McCarron was out there. He had five shots, he got four goals. Um, he was tremendous in that. Um, for his part, Morgan Ellis was in hardest shot. He came in third overall, I believe. He had a hundred mile an hour. Uh, um, only only um, um, three people to get over that hundred mile an hour barrier, and Morgan Ellis was one of them. Tremendous shot. Um, the other interesting um, part of it was for Canadian fans was Peter Budai was the top goalie. Um, he is the top goalie in the in the AHL right now, and he was there. Um, and we had a, a, a great interview with, with Peter. I said I was from Montreal. His face lit up. He was happy to see us. He spent all the time we wanted. And very interesting when we were talking to, to Mike McCarron and to uh, Peter Budai, we learned that, that um, um, Peter was Mike's ride during one of the training camps. Uh, Peter went and picked up Mike McCarron and, and uh, gave him some advice. And, and as we knew, uh, Peter Boda was a great guy in the locker room, and uh, there was a bit of a connection forged between McCarron and Buda. That was really neat to to hear about. Um, it was a it was a great experience to be there, um, and and certainly uh, McCarron and Ellis, um, you know, uh, stood out. And uh, you can go to IceCapsIceCapsHockeyReport.com. Um, uh, we've got some, we've got all kinds of video from interviews. We've got all kinds of audio. Uh, we've got some photo galleries. Um, and if you missed any of the AHL All-Star experience, you can uh, you can w- walk yourself through it and and uh, and get the sense of what it was like to be there. And we got a tweet from uh, Selena from Montreal, and she writes, "Had Sherbach playing at center last night, I believe, odd to me." So Rick uh, Sherbach has played center recently. Can he, uh, the Ice Caps have also done lots of roster moves lately. Can you make any sense of that? Uh, in in a word, no. <laughs> in an absolute word, no. There was there was nine guys out of the lineup last night. They they brought up uh, three or four from from Brampton Beast, the ECHL affiliate. Uh, they signed a PTO, Alexander Ranger. Um It was a crazy kind of lineup last night, and 
coincidentally, or maybe not coincidentally, uh, Mark Bergevin was uh, in the arena um, as as the um, uh, uh, Twitter uh, followers said uh, correctly. Sherback was centering the first line. It's his, I believe, it's his third game now in a row that he's been at center, which is which is not, you know, where he was drafted. Last night he was between uh, Charles Houdon on the left side and Bud Holloway on the right. Um, De La Rose has been moved to the wing. He had been centering um, uh, a line. Uh, he's with uh, Max Freeberg and, and Mike McCarron. Um, it, it, I, I, I don't know what's happening there. I don't know why they're trying to uh, provide the exposure, but the, the simple fact is, the, the ice caps are losing. They're not. Uh, they're falling down. They've fallen from third to sixth in the in the north. Um, they're having a rough time, going through a rough patch right now. And um, they played last night, the first game of their six-game homestand, and they'll play again tonight against the Utica Comets. Um, and then it's uh, then it's the Marlies coming in on Tuesday. Uh, sorry, the Syracuse Crunch, they're the Lightning uh, affiliate coming in on Tuesday and Wednesday, and the Marlies coming in next weekend. Uh, so they have a chance in this homestand to um, get back on track. But um, as far as the lineup, I have no idea. I couldn't begin to explain what's going on there. This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by IceCapsHockeyReport.com, your premier source for the St. John's Ice Caps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. IceCapsHockeyReport.com is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So on Twitter, we asked uh, a couple of questions. One, what is Mark Bergevin doing in St. John's this weekend? Now, we did ask everybody to get creative. And we also did ask if you're okay if the Canadians finished at the bottom of the standings. Uh, let's read some of the uh, most creative responses that we received on Twitter. First one comes from... Uh, Smack, he writes ice fishing trip for Mark Bergevin. Next one like comes, yeah. Next one comes from uh, Danny. From uh, he writes, what's he doing out east? Same thing he does every other day, looking for a new suit and not managing this hockey team. So, <laughs> firing some shots there to the general manager. Some good shopping in St. John's. <laughs> Next one comes from Kyle in Montreal. He writes, auditioning for Great Big C. <laughs> uh, next one tweet comes from Jim in uh, Brantford, Connecticut. He writes, looking for more grinders. <laughs> so thanks for the tweet, uh, Jim. Uh, Tony, he writes, hiding from the Montreal press and the fans. So thank you mm. very much. Uh, Dave, he writes in, uh, in from Alberta, getting design ideas for a new Habs jersey and grabbing an ice cap from Tim Hortons and ice cap in brackets. So nice uh, play of words there, Dave. Thank you for the tweet. Hey, those ice cap jerseys that they were wearing last night, the Royal Newfoundland Regiment, they're smart looking. So m maybe there's some truth to that. <laughs> Next week comes from Andy, and he writes crying. Well, well definitely lots of uh, Canadian fans are crying. Uh, next one comes from uh, Fox in Regina. He writes, closing in on another fourth-line grinder. So Benjamin <laughs> taking quite a uh, number of shots from our followers. Uh, Carlos, he writes, interviewing coaching replacements. 
So thank you for the tweet. And next one comes from uh, Alex. He writes from uh, Montreal, extending Lefebvre for another five years. <laughs> so Rick, we did say to get creative, and that one was pretty creative. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one a lot. Next one comes from Taz. He writes, evaluating John Scott. Well, if he that's the purpose of his trip, well, it was definitely a wasted trip because John Scott not in the lineup. And next one comes from uh, Jeremy Watkins, who writes hitting George Street. So I'm guessing that must be some kind of popular drinking street or something. The pubs are all. No, that's where the pubs are. Okay, so there you go. Um, the next one comes from uh, Wade in uh, San Pedro, Belize. He writes, seeing how their young goalies are doing, if price is done, need to trade or get UFA goalie for next year. So thank you for the tweet, Wade. I'm uh, sure he wasn't that. impressed. Yeah, I'm sure he wasn't impressed by uh, Fukali last night. Um, next one comes from uh, Corey, managing editor of AllHabs.net. He writes, "Hope it's to replace Lefebvre. and he isn't Tony Wenrick, so it seems like uh, not only fans are calling for Michel Terry's said, they're also calling for uh, Lefebvre's head in Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, and that that's not only in in Montreal, but it, you hear that in St. John's as well. Uh, next one, it comes from uh, Brian. He writes, uh, "Don't overthink it." As part of the move agreement, he agreed to this visit. He's going to kiss the cod and be welcomed <laughs> a new fee. <laughs> All right. So thank you for the tweet, Brian from uh, Brossard. Uh, next tweet comes from uh, Mike Mike Vini. He writes, "Hopefully not interviewing Lefebvre for Michel Terrier's job." And well, let's be honest. If the Canadians at this point decide to uh, fire their coach, I think Lefebvre, at least as an interim, probably becomes the uh, a front runner for uh, for it. Absolutely. Uh, next tweet comes from uh, Jim Parker in Halifax. He writes, "Looking at Fukali." So he probably wasn't impressed what he saw uh, last night. Ariane, three, she three writes, goals in three goals in in the first four minutes. Yeah, and, and got pulled out of the game. Yeah. Ariane writes, hopefully he's there to fire Lefebvre and replace him. So another one calling for uh, Lefebvre said. Uh, Matt, he writes, hopefully he's giving Mike McCarron a good long look. Could make the jump to the NHL soon. So thank you for the tweet, uh, Matt. Uh, Jim, he writes, ensuring the curse of John Scott is in place. And he hashtags it, free John Scott. And another tweet comes from Moncton, New Brunswick, from uh, Eddie. Hopefully bringing up John Scott. So we have some John Scott fans out there. So this one confirms what you told us a couple of seconds ago about um, George Street because uh, Regan, he writes, probably getting screeched in at Trappers on their George Street. <laughs> and next week comes from uh, Snowhat from Parts Unknown. He writes, scouting this new player on the opposition. I think his name is Prest. So, nice. and And there was some... On social media's Rick, some people, when uh, Brandon Press was placed on waivers this week, that they wanted Canadians to go look at him. 
Yeah, well, yeah, that was, it's not going to happen. Uh, and the connection there is uh, Utica, who the Canadians played last night and again tonight are the Vancouver Canucks um, affiliate, AHL affiliate. So uh, you have Prust uh, um, cleared waivers and you have Yannick Weber, uh, another former Canadian that uh, he just cleared waivers today. Uh, Mike, he writes, uh, going to George Street to drink away his problems. Uh, Eric Thibault, he writes, seeing how bad the team is being coached. Uh, Mike writes, evaluating prospects to see who deserves a call-up if we sell at the deadline, possibly having face-to-face chat with one or two players. So, uh, well, we definitely have a couple of episodes to talk about before trade deadline and whether or not Canadians should be buyers or sellers. So that's, uh, that's still coming up in a future uh, episode. And in regards to the Canadians uh, tanking, cost of the great, he writes from, he writes Mount Olympus. He's A-OK with the Canadians tank. So thank you very much for the tweet. Uh, Jean, Jean Bernard, he writes, he would be OK if the Canadians finish at the bottom of the standings. We would finally get a good draft pick, start the 2016-17 season fresh. Andre Filippone also is OK with tanking the season. So is uh, Laura from uh, Laval. She's OK with uh, tanking. Uh, Jim, he a Calgary Stampeders fan, so I'm guessing he's from Calgary. He's OK with the Canadians uh, tanking as well. Joe, Joe from Winnipeg, he writes, I can tolerate it, but changes are expected. They have been exposed, and there should be no question now as to what needs to be addressed. And I personally think that all of that will come now at this point during the uh, offseason. And one last tweet. It comes from uh, Jeremy Watkins in uh, Scarborough, and he writes, next podcast loser of the week should go to the fans rooting for the Habs to tank Shameful. <laughs> Hashtag Habs360. So basically, the last five tweets that I read, he thinks all of them should be <laughs> the losers of the weekend. I, I, I understand where Jeremy's coming from, but I think the worst thing that could happen for the Canadians now is uh, barely miss the playoffs. You either try to make it in or you uh, you try to finish at the bottom, try to get a good draft pick. Anything in between, I think we'll just keep seeing the same thing uh, over and uh, over. In regards to the Canadians, they're playing a couple of games this weekend. We asked how many points will the Habs get out of a possibility of four. And well, 71% of the respondents think the Canadians will get either zero or one points this weekend. And Rick, honestly, at this point, um, I can't blame people being so negative around the Montreal Canadiens. No, I can't either. And uh, I think there there is some positivity in looking um to to get a a a, a good draft pick uh in june um as you say the worst thing would be to barely miss the playoffs and end up drafting 10th 12th um after all the pain that fans have gone through they want something in return and a, a high draft pick would be some at least something i have to uh, i have to dress my 20 players tonight and i could have undressed a few well, today, the coach, he's going to undress Nathan Beaulieu. He won't be in the lineup. Mark Barberiuk is back in, and Ben Scrivens will be uh, the starting goaltender in the game against the Edmonton Oilers. Canadians facing the Carolina Hurricanes uh, tomorrow, and then this week on Tuesday, 
the Tampa Bay Lightning are in town, and then next Friday, Canadians heading to Buffalo to face the Sabres and try to get revenge on this week's 4-2 loss. Rick, thank you very much. Tremendous show, Chris. Thanks for your invitation. Thank you, everybody who sent us in their tweets. It was really a great insight provided by all our followers. Programming note next week, we're back at a regular time, Valentine's Day weekend. From here to then, will we find something to love about the Montreal Canadiens? Well, you'll need to find out. Stay tuned next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern. See ya. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.